Let us pray. Gracious Lord, we God, we give you thanks. We give you thanks for this chance to come before you. We give you thanks for the gift of your word. Uh, we give you thanks that you speak to us. God, guide us that we may hear you and be faithful interpreters of you. In Jesus' most holy name we pray. Amen. Amen. Good evening, friends. Welcome uh, to another edition of Scripture Talk as I get a spam call right live on the show. We should have taken that call. Right. This will funnel into the sound system. We could have taken that call on my iPad. We could find out um, what health benefits I'm now eligible for. And just go, hello, you're live on the air. Actually, the next air. spam call I get, we're going to take live and we're just... I'm, we're going to say, hello, you're live on the air. Don't feel bad getting the call, too. So everybody's calling at the same time. Yeah, well, because it's dinner time. Because uh, they think you're home from work. Um, and so they think you're going to answer. Anyways. Yeah. Um, but yeah, seriously, friends, next spam call that hits my tablet, we will take live on the air. And we will find out what shenanigans is up. Anyways. This is not actually normally a live call-in show. I just fun. I just uh, just now realized we could do that. Um, it may progress into one. We oh, could boy. take calls live on the air because this iPad receives my phone calls, um, and so all I have to hit is all of my phone calls go to this iPad, and so any phone call, anyone who can call my phone could then. Oh my gosh, this is dangerous. Twenty twenty two. So we could do the Larry King thing. Call yeah, her, we could. Call yeah, call her, call her, call, well, I can only take one call at a time. It's just my phone. Um, but yeah, anyways, this is not a live call-in show oh. yet. Yeah. <laughs> this is scripture talk, but we could do lot like, mm. oh, anyways, uh, we are going to talk about scripture. I am a uh, pastor Trey Comstock with me as ever is sister Brandy Dudley, pastor Scott Ketchup. And on the ones and twos, Snapple Man. Oh, good. We are so we are. Uh, Stacy and I are working to get us sponsored by Diet Snapple uh, because that would save us all money if Snapple just sent me. I would gladly drink it on the air. We already have it product placed behind Scott to demonstrate what we are capable of. How refreshing that would be! Uh, <laughs> so, um, if weird Snapple ad copy makes it into the show, um, it is our fault. We're doing this on purpose. We want to get sponsored, but specifically by Snapple. Um, anyways. You see how his camera's like zooming in and out of the Snapple? Yeah. <laughs> Our scripture this evening. There is scripture. There is scripture. This is not a live call-in show, and we are not yet sponsored, um, although I'm working on it. Um, it's Micah chapter 5, uh, verses 2 through 5a. But you, O Bethlehem, I'm Ephrathah are one of the little clans of Judah. But from you shall come forth for me, uh, one who is to rule in Israel, whose origins is from of old, from ancient days. Therefore, he shall give them up until the time when she who is in labor has brought forth. Then the rest of his kindred shall return to the people of Israel, and he shall stand and feed his flock in the strength of the Lord, in the majesty of the name of the Lord, uh, of the Lord his God. And they shall live secure, for now he shall be great to the ends of the earth, and he shall be one of peace. If the Assyrians come into our land and tread upon our soil, he will raise up against them seven shepherds and eight installed as rulers. This is one of uh, the prophecies related that gets identified um, actually in the Gospels, as, as in Matthew's Gospel, as relating to Christ. And it specifically seems the prophecy that lands Christ's birth in Bethlehem. 
And this is why it, this is why both Matthew and Luke, in their own way, go out of their way to say Jesus is born in Bethlehem, because this prophecy is identified as a as a Messiah prophecy, what's called a messianic prophecy or a Messiah prophecy or a prophecy about the Savior. And so it was identified that the Savior would come from Bethlehem. Bethlehem, significantly, the city of David. Bethlehem, also an insignificant town. Uh, we think a lot about Bethlehem because, you know, if you ask, name a, a city in Israel, uh, you most people can name Jerusalem and Bethlehem and maybe Nazareth. And that's it, right? Um, so it's in our top three cities, in, you know, um, if we're going to do this family feud style, name cities in Israel, um, Bethlehem would be towards the top of that list. Mm-hmm. But if you were to ask ancient Israelite, is ancient Israelites, what is a top town, top city in your country? They would say Jerusalem. They would say Jericho. They would say Masada. They would not say Bethlehem. It's an insignificant agricultural community five miles outside of Jerusalem. The all, you know, to uh, Bethlehem's uh, west is nothing uh, to its east east anyways <laughs> its view is dominated by Jerusalem it very much is a farming suburb or what I guess what we would call now an exurb of Jerusalem and so it is significant only for two things it's where David's from and it's where Jesus is born and that's it isn't it also uh, somewhere in that area is where Ruth and Boaz that, but again, no, that's but, still, but again, that is about like remember it's that small that, town, uh, but that's David's things. kin, yeah, right? All of that, like yeah. yeah. So it's around there would be where Boaz is, but the only reason the story shows up in Bethlehem is not because it's a major agricultural center. It's just a farming town. It's not like a major trading center. It's not Caesarea. Yeah. It's not Jericho. It's certainly not Jerusalem. It's just like a small town, but here. We identify that two of the most two of the most significant figures yeah. um, in both halves of Scripture, and certainly, you know, arguably the most significant human to ever walk the earth, is born in this small agricultural town. And this is going to be, and then you know, he's going to do. Then the rest of this prophecy is he's going to do the Messiah things, the things you want a Messiah to do. This guy from Beth, this guy that will be born in Bethlehem, who we now know is Jesus, is going to do those things. You know, uh, God likes to take uh, what people may view as being yes. small and do great things with them. Isn't that right, Sister Brandy? Indeed. <laughs> uh, uh, another thing I really love in this scripture is that you get a sense not just of Jesus being born, but that we see an example that they understood he was going to be God. From you shall come forth. One who is to rule in Israel, whose origin is from of old, from ancient days. Yes. And, and, and you know, we kind of miss that in English. It, it sounds cool, but, but that terminology was used uh, previously in Scripture, but it always was referring to God. Right. And so it, it lands us in this, a hint at... And it is just, it's a gesture, right? John, it's not until John 1 that we get the real thorough explanation, but we get this hint here in Micah that there's something bigger going on than just an earthly king, yeah. right? Just, you know, you could think of this as, oh, they're just talking about he's going to be from the line of David. 
and that's true. But there there seems to be some sort of double entendre happening where yeah. it can be bold, as is often happening in Messiah stuff, um, that this is about the line of David clearly or why else Bethlehem. Um, but part of that ancient, ancient of days is actually because it's literally related to the ancient of days, meaning God. Yeah. And you know, this prophecy stuff, and by biblical prophecy anyway, always seems to have an aspect that pertains to the yes. then and to and a further down. You, you've got this stuff of the birth and all of that. We, we, we definitely see it now, understanding it was referring to Jesus. But in their day, who, who would they have been expecting? Because when you look further in Micah, it's also talking about stuff that's happening to uh, the... Uh, children of Israel and then referring to a Zion and in some ways it gives us hint that an initial fulfilling was tied yes. to a coming back from exile. Right and, and, and so that's and that's and true so, that's true of the Messiah stuff in Isaiah too. Yeah. And Isaiah as well right that it is that prophet that biblical prophecy is is deliberately this multi-level thing that it is it, so it's not like um, they heard these prophecies and they're like, what on earth are you talking about? It's not the way like we treat the, uh, the Nostradamus stuff, yeah. right? That like, you know, that could have meant Napoleon or Hitler or something that hasn't happened yet. Yeah. No, Nostradamus is crazy and on drugs. Maybe don't <laughs> read the drug guy. Um, and so biblical prophecy f- served a very important role in its day, in its time, as the representative of God on earth, speaking God's truth yeah. for that moment, meant to apply on one level to that moment specifically. And the people would, this would not have been in code, right? The people would have known, okay, this is what's happening. Oh, I get it. I see what happened now. Oh, we're in exile. That's what you're talking about. Rats. And in as important as the scripture is, if we fast forward the tape to... Matthew chapter 2 when Herod was trying to decide what was going on and they quoted him this scripture but you Bethlehem in the land of Judea by no means yeah, some yeah. On the rules. So that right there was kind of like code for, okay, you, you, a big thing is happening here. Well, right. You know. so it also shows that they got it. They, they, right. they understood this was, you know, where's where, the wise men come? Where are we going to find him? Oh, the scroll says... And then the scroll says, says Bethlehem yeah. of Judea. Right here, yeah. Micah 5, two. Yeah. 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 And so again, but that is, but that gets to that double layer, yeah. right? That and, they, and that they identified the two layers on which this prophecy worked. That it talked about a return from exile, a setting things right in that way. But it also, to them, seemed to function, have as... As it not always, but often does, had this other thing about this bigger picture savior and this bigger picture setting things right, and that's where it gets pulled into an understanding that it is a prophecy about Jesus. Also, you know, Herod and Herod scholars in in there and there in the Gospel of Matthew do that same thing. But that's a great honor for a little town like Bethlehem yes. mm-hmm. to to host, if you will, the birth of the newborn king. And as we discussed earlier, this is a form of encouragement yes. to them that something great can come out of them. This encouraged to us that something great can come out of us if we think ourselves short. Well, because if, especially if you look at the history of how, like, David decides that his capital is going to be Jerusalem, right? Um, he could have made his capital Bethlehem. He doesn't. And so he makes his capital Jerusalem. And so all of the development happens in the shadow 
of Bethlehem, right? Part of why Jerusalem is David's capital is it's near where he's from. Um, and both are built, you know, both are built up. And so it's not just that, like, oh, Jerusalem's clearly the strategic ground um, and Bethlehem isn't. They're both in hilly areas. Either could have been the capital. And so there is, kind of, I think, this historic um, nod to Bethlehem that is... You know, hey, I know you didn't you you didn't get the honor and the glory, but guess what? You're not just going to be the what produced David. You're going to be what produced the Savior for all time. Exactly. Which again just points to the wonderfulness and the way God uses that which we view as insignificant to create wonderful things that attest to His glory, and just shows to the awesomeness of His redemptive power yeah. of. Just look, I'm going to take you and give you so much more than what you were uh, expecting or looking for. And so this is a verse that is, you know, hey, this is specifically, you haven't been forgotten. The Messiah is coming. And I also like how this says that uh, he is peace. Yeah. It's not that he's bringing peace. He is himself. He is is in and of himself peace. Peace. And, uh, you know, so often we're like, we, we in our world wonder, where's peace? How do we find peace? What do we do? And we're looking for something that is peace and right. not realizing that ultimate peace is an individual. Well, ultimate peace is, in, is, in, is, is an inherent aspect of God, that God, um, can, that God in God's essence can give us peace. But I also think there's this, part of it is this, like, inversion, like the part of, the whole story of Christ's life. And this is something um, that comes up a lot because it's a lot of how we tell, how we address the story of Christ is um, Christ inherently flips things upside down, right? That you like if you think about the, um, the triumphal entry into Jerusalem, right? When you triumphantly enter something, you ride a stallion and he rides a donkey or the cult of a donkey, right? Yeah, yeah. He called um, me a steed. He's supposed to be on a white horse, man. Uh, I'm the happiest donkey in the world. Yes, he was. He owned that. Owned that stuff, donkey. But also, and so, and Christ, and, and like, you expect a savior of the world to kill the enemies. Yeah. The savior of the world is killed by his enemies. You expect people who stayed, who are dead, to stay dead. He does not. And you expect kings to be born in palaces. And instead, this king is born in a cave in a relatively meaningless small agricultural community on the outskirts of Jerusalem. He's not born in the temple. Right? That's a really logical place for Jesus to be born. Right. To be born in in the temple, in the house of God, Mm -hmm. in the house of his father. Right? Mm -hmm. And he's not. He's born in a cave to a teenager. Right? All of this is turning the expectation of what greatness Jesus is great because Jesus is God, right. not because he wears fancy clothes, not because he's rich, not because he expresses earthly power, but because he is the essence of power himself. Yeah. F- funny comments going on about the mics. Uh, you uh, know. That is hilarious. But, uh, but yeah, so with that, how, how do we take and how does this apply to us directly? Now, um, obviously, we're still, we're kind of in an in-between with the Advent. We've had... The coming of him in the part that is testified and prophesied here, and yet we're still waiting for yeah. the come. So, how does Bethlehem play into the modern day Christian aspect? So, I think it is. I think some of it is thinking about why the the why Bethlehem, right? 
And some of it is to understand an idea of like God having a more longer, longer term plan. Yeah. Right. And also it is that like understanding that if you are insignificant by the standards of the world, you are not insignificant to God mm-hmm. to not judge your, because by the standards of even the world at that time, like, um, you know, uh, Bethlehem was the place where a famous King was born. And that was it. That's it. Bethlehem's got that one cool fact. When you drive the like, you know, we live in a town with some historic markers, right? Uh. Um, that got passed over to be a lot of things. You know, a lot of residents of Palestine will tell you that it was might have been the capital at one time. Um, and that and that's just went another way, right? And so mm. you can imagine, right? Like here was born, you know, or I was driving through Oklahoma um, and along whatever that is. Is that I-40? Um, that has uh, the town that gave birth to Carrie Underwood has on the highway um, home of Carrie Underwood. Oh, boy. Um, And so, yeah, this would be like you're driving down I-40 and there's this small town that says home of King David, right? Mm -hmm. And that was it. Um, And so there really is a understanding what God values versus understanding what the world values and that the coming of Christ means mm-hmm. that in the end, God's values are going to be what wins, mm-hmm. right? Cause that's the other half. Like we've been really focused mm-hmm. on Bethlehem because I think it is the kind of frame I'm bringing to this is I want us to look like ask, we get that it is Bethlehem. We take it for granted. Why Bethlehem? Um, and so it gets that like, there are no insignificant places and there are no right. insignificant people. And that then the other half of this scripture is understanding that because Christ is born in Bethlehem, those values that all have significance be, are going to be the values that win at the end of history. That's like the same concept, but I know I'm fast forwarding the tape no, to, to Mary that, you know, same concept with that significant values within her. Why yes. Mary? Right. Why this teenager? Right. To bear the son of God. Right. <laughs> and that gets to, and that gets to like, well, again, this is next week's show, but like gets to the idea of a faithful heart, right? right? Um, and this is the idea of a town that might have felt left behind um, is not. Um, Scott, you look like you look. You're trying to read something. I should probably cut to you. Yeah, uh, a good uh, comment here uh, later on. Someone, yeah, Israel had had historical markers, but here uh, God uses the insignificant, like Bethlehem, also a baby. I mean, really, think about it. Babies start out small, wrinkles, can't hold up their own head, and everyone goes, oh, cute. Then forget about it after 30 years, which, which is kind of interesting because that's what with Jesus. You, know, you had the birth is great, and you have a lot of significance. You have several years later the Magi show yes. up. But after that, up until 12, and then there's not a lot going on in those 30 years. And so it does seem like he passes out. You had a lot that recognized yeah. his stuff but then it's like new to everybody again 30 years later and it's like y'all should have been constantly looking you were shown the signs that the messiah was born so but but i also think there is some understanding of jesus having a normal human life right Mm -hmm. and part of a normal human life is not for most people and there there are rare exceptions king josiah is a biblical example sometimes at a very early age you get dropped in the limelight Mm -hmm. but most of the time you grow up you learn. Yeah. You in that day would have been trained in your father's trade, whether that was farming or you know, for Jesus being a carpenter, carpenter. Mm-hmm. right? Uh, Jesus being a carpenter's son. And so, in order to truly say Jesus lived, and 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 the whole part of the point, 
um, is that Jesus lives a normal human life. Yeah. Right? Jesus is not raised in the palace, and so is immediately important. Um, uh, instead. Moses. Like uh-huh. Moses. Yeah, yeah. Very, again, well, uh, well, when he was born in the palace, he was floated to the yeah. palace. Yeah. yeah, but he was raised in the palace. He raised right? in the palace, yes. But Jesus lives this truly normal, working class human existence. And so that's my, that's how I account for the quiet years. Right. Right. Um, From, you know, him coming in the age of the temple, um, which is in Luke three. We're getting there relatively soon. Um, Mm -hmm. It's one of the scriptures I've pulled for after Christmas. Um, So we'll get there. I think that's the 26th, um, actually, as we're going to do that bit of. I love that scene in Luke three. Where's Jesus? Where's the kid? Where at? I thought you had him. No, no you had him. He was with it. Is he with Fred now? I don't know. Well, I don't, I don't, I don't you know what him. happened. I can relate to uh, parents having kids wander off. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. My, my my brother was the same way, and so so that's how. It, but like, but again, that's also gets to the why. That's the, in some ways that same as the why Bethlehem, because uh-huh. it, it's very weird for a savior, the Lord of Lords. To have spent his adolescence in a wood shop, having his father pull splinters out of his fingers, hmm. right? right? Which is how we don't have scripture on that, but like having trained in a wood shop with yeah. modern technology, right? Uh, you know, I had to have a lot of splinters pulled out of my fingers, and so you can imagine, like that is a really weird behavior for our expectation of king of king, you know, we would do the hallelujah chorus, king of kings and lord of lords, right? But that's a humbling thing to think about yes. that this man, exactly, the king of all kings is doing the same stuff we do every day, yeah. making a living, getting the spinners out of his hand, watching, like there's a great scene in the uh, Passion of the Christ where he's working yeah. and Mary calls him to dinner and he just walks in and she said, no, nah, wash your hands first. Yeah. I mean, who yeah. does that? Yeah, there's a great comment in the chat that builds on this. Um, that is, imagine those shepherds 30 years later. Uh, what was that? What was that? Was that the baby the angel showed us back in the day? Man, I'm old. Right, yeah. <laughs> so, or you imagine, like, the, the shepherds' kids, right? Cause they would, some of them would have been out yeah. learning their father's trade, mm-hmm. going, I remember that, right? And having that moment. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is, so much of this is about... God, what God's values are versus what human values are. And then, crucially, those values are what's going to carry the day. Yep. And that's that back half. Well, I just, I, I wonder if uh, they had Snapple back then. I, 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 you know, they had tea. Um, they had tinctures. Yeah. Um, they did not have the, uh, you know, artificial sweeteners found um, in the, the Snapple that is my, that is my, my whatever. Um, that is probably as good as uh, anything to, to bring this show <laughs> in for a landing. Um, thank you so much uh, for joining us, particularly a thank you chat um, uh, for adding uh, so much to the show. If you want to be a part of that chat, um, uh, you can simply uh, log in at six o'clock. I think there's a, is there another comment? Yes. Yeah, there is. So thumbs up to the idea of Jesus being weak. I'm sorry, but have you seen the arms on a carpenter? Jesus probably could have benched Peter. Yeah, but also <laughs> Peter could have benched Jesus, right? Like yeah. he's pulling in those massive nets. Like these are, but none of these would have weak, weak individuals. These were working class guys. Could you right. imagine if, like, Jesus looked like Brock Lesnar? Well, no, but it's not, you know, but no, he would have been, like, the barrel-chested, not the, like, you know, not the yeah. bodybuilder. Not the V, the barrel, right? right? Yeah. Bodybuilders' bodies form a V. Actual strong people are barrel-chested. Oh, Just okay. He would have, yeah. because he's, like, they're all 
working class guys. Mm -hmm. Probably none of them could read other than maybe little bits of scripture. Um, what I, I love, you know, I guess we'll, we have not yet ended the show. Um, <laughs> there's so that's, there's that scene where Jesus reads from the scroll of Isaiah and it says here before you. Yeah. Um, so that people point to that. Um, oh, Jesus could read. I don't think earthly Jesus could read. I think earthly Jesus is the inspiration for that scripture and just knew what it said. That's right. He wrote I don't it. Think, I don't think he read the words off the text. He wrote right, because it. Because we point to that as Jesus could read. <laughs> and we, we also point to the fact that we have no written record, no writings of Jesus that Jesus probably couldn't write. Right. Um, I don't think Jesus could read. I just think Jesus knows what Isaiah says. Because he put the idea well, in the man's hand and put it the down. word of God. He put it down. And there's a lot of looking at that. We understand that up to a certain age, they were very good about teaching their kids and all of that. Yeah. But did they, we don't know for sure if they all learned to read and write or did they learn to memorize scripture? Right. That's most probably memorize yeah, scripture. Probably memorize, memorize scripture, scripture. Right. Um, but I think, you know, so, but Jesus didn't have to work to memorize scripture. He is scripture. Yeah. Just like they had to memorize the mint rash. Right. Yeah. yeah. Well, which is a lot. Yeah. Uh, I'm pity the fool. You don't know scripture. No, I pity the fool has to memorize midrash. Uh -huh. um, you think <laughs> scripture is tough. Uh. Uh, anyways, um, if you would like to join this show live, it really adds uh, so much to the experience. Um, we pray the internet says good. We've hit a we've hit a really good vein of internet over the past uh, couple of weeks. No and so drop, knock on wood, and no it stays good. Frames. But anyways, um, it records Mondays um, at six p.m. Here in a few weeks, there will be some like holiday scheduling stuff. Mm -hmm. uh, but almost every Monday at six p.m., we are live together, one way or another. If you have feedback for the show and didn't get a chance to join us live, you can post a comment uh, here on Facebook uh, where we are live. Um, you can also post on our YouTube channel where we post this um, on our website, uh, palestinegrace.com slash videos. You can email me, uh, gracechurchpalestine at gmail.com. We will read your comments um, on the air on the next week's show. If you need an audio-only version of the show, it goes up usually Tuesdays or either Monday night or Tuesday um, over um, on whatever podcatcher is your choice. Just search Scripture Talk by Grace Church. Um, and again, we'll be back, this, uh, be back next week, um, Monday at 6 p.m. Um, don't forget... Go in peace to love and serve the Lord. And fear not, stay well. God is with us. Good show, friends. I, I, I think after the show, I want some of that Snapple. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> this is turning into a 1940s video <laughs> program. Snapple. Snapple. The Sponsorist, God, please. Yes. The drink of knowledge. Go to your store right now, buy a case. Just remember, when your daddy gone crapple, go to sleep. <laughs> that's a new low. That's a new low. That's I need. I. I that's awful. <laughs> wow. That's the worst. Uh, I suspect Zito improved something in the neighborhood. So this is the second stream in a row where we've seen proper bit rates. Um, cause no, I, no, drip, no drop frames. Yeah. Yeah. So I didn't drop any frames on morning prayer either. Um, back on Thursday. So I think Zito fixed something. <laughs> I mean, we can celebrate, you know, credit where credit's due. Okay. Let me go grab my tablet and we'll be ready to Yay, show. Yay, Zito. And there was much rejoicing. Z Yay. Zito. I mean, don't roll out a parade <laughs> for providing a base level yeah. product, yeah. but like, you know, there are no diets now, we'll friends. I really need to get sponsored by them. I'm so ready.
So like midway, I'm going to go, man, I'm thirsty. I could really go for some Diet Snapple. No, I, we can drink it on air. I'll, you know, I'll, I'll do... But only the diet stuff. I can't do the fully leaded stuff. No, I could, I, I could easily just go... I could do my, my radio voice and go, Gee, Scott, um, I'm thirsty. Is that Diet Snapple behind you? Oh, why, yes, it is. Mm. It is one of the uh, wonderful tasting diet drinks that exist out there man brought to you by snapple which for those that don't realize snapple is both enjoyable and educational as they are nifty also (laughs) the uh, diet stuff doesn't taste like death Ah. and if you have something to grapple go grab a snapple that's a okay sure that's good no don't give him credit for that okay (laughs) give me credit no that's her, that's, 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 that's horrific. Is that a good? I mean, it. I mean, in that it rhymed. Yeah, sure. It's awful. That's <laughs> so bad. Grapple, gravel, snapple. Okay, so I don't know why I'm having issues. So I'm yeah, I got it. Um, am I on your network or am I just on? No there say. Okay, so it's Micah two, Micah five, five. Yep. Nope. Don't want to be hit with an apple? Go grab a snapple. Oh, God. Wait. Mm. We're not going to put you in charge of ad copy. <laughs> You're almost... An <laughs> apple a day may keep the doctor away, but Snapple keeps your thirst away. Hmm. Oh, there we go. Needs to restructure to fit the meter, but not bad. Yeah. A There's something a day, in that. A Snapple a day keeps the thirst away. Okay, there we go. Oh, An apple what? a day keeps the doctor away. A snapple a day keeps your thirst, thirst away. away. There we go. Okay. Yeah, but because like if you're gonna I've been do redeemed. it, I've been it's gotta be it's gotta fit the meter, yeah. right? Yeah. Or it's, it feel or it feels clunky. Thanks to Scott, I've been redeemed. There we go. Yeah, Scott and Jesus, not in that order. No. Okay. <laughs> Where was our one viewer? Is Lord, Hallelujah! Can I get an Amen, Lord? Amen. Apparently, our Snapple ad copy is so bad it scared our one viewer away. <laughs> they were like, no, never drink Snapple again. No. <laughs> well, it might have just been me because I backed out. That might, that, yeah, you're probably right. To right we'll, we'll start in just a second. Come Let me back, know when you're ready. Come back. No, I don't want to add. How's the stream stability, Stacy? How's we, it looking? We're good, man. We're, we're covering, we're hovering around 1,200. Hey, look at that. No frames dropped. I love it when a planet comes together. Now it's still we're still running an SD stream here. I mean it's still pathetic, but but let's not get all fancy now. Oh, get all fancy? You mean like you know <laughs> technology from the turn of the millennia? Oh, because you know, I I did a studio tour in New York of of uh, Thirty Rock, in um whoa y'all um. Here's our current bit rate. Mm-hmm. They fixed something. Yeah. We're pushing seven megabit up. They probably plugged in something. They flipped the switch. They said, <laughs> I'm trying to hold this up to the screen. Yeah, I see it. <laughs> 6.91. They flipped the switch. Yep. They flipped the switch. Oh, we may be able to go back to HD next oh. week. Don't, uh, don't hold your breath. But like we might be able to go back to HD. They flipped the switch. Like this is y'all. I can't. Like this is the best news I've heard all day. Mm-hmm. Given that I heard that my truck is still broke today. Hey, Scott. 
There's a, did you powder your head? No, it's just the, the randomness of mm-hmm. it is less shiny. And I don't know why. Um, I'm not that good. Okay. Um, we ready to show yet, friends? Yeah. Um, <laughs> don't sound so enthusiastic. No, I'm, I'm, I'm barely just getting it posted in the places. Sorry. Somebody it give him a Snapple quick. <laughs> God. <laughs> we really do need to get sponsored by Snapple. <laughs> Because we're never going to get sponsored by Zito. When it's not ample, we'll get a snack. Oh. Wow. That's, oh, good. that's, good. that's not quite. <laughs> I thought it was good. It's not quite a rhyme. He just said it so it sounded like a rhyme. That's a Kanye rhyme. Yeah. A near, near rhyme. We're going to talk about Kanye. That is some Kanye stuff. Yee. That's ye. That's some um, Yeezy uh, level material here. Um, Boy. Oh Lord. Wow. Um, okay. Go ahead. With that. With that. that, that note. note. <laughs> Let's do a show. Cause that is, and now that, for something logo. entirely different. Hopefully entirely different. <laughs> Lord. Oh God. Okay. I mean, I like some ye, but no. Um, oh. All right, we recording on all the stuff, Stacey? Yes, sir. Audio and video? Yes, sir. Okay. Hit my music. All right, and...